myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Padre life soon you'll need a ring the Padres locked up you dodged for a hundred million dollars spending continues and people think this is not your old Padres they never get tired of chasing that ring a division championship would be the next best thing sure they are good they're hoping they've done all they could it's up to you, you. You'll be a padre for life. Soon you'll need a ring. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael, and with me joining on the 98th episode. Wow. Yes, man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going? Well, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Oh, yeah. In the uh, tune of "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon," yeah, you know, I figured we had had enough Neil Diamond on our show. You know? Yeah, he's still he's still alive, right? Yeah, he's just not touring anymore. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, Alzheimer's one of the two is uh, starting to affect him, so uh, um, he stopped touring. I oh, I didn't even know he had ago. that. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's preventing him from touring now. So, wow, yeah. So uh, damn, yeah, but he's still alive. <laughs> but he's still, but he's still alive. He's still alive. So where one guy's career has ended, the other <laughs> guy in your song, good he, segue. He's finishing a uh, his career with the San Diego Padres officially. Yeah, officially, you Darvish, man, yeah. So the Padres don't stop spending. Huh? Now they've uh, they've inked up you Darvish uh, for seemingly probably the final contract of his career. Mm-hmm. Um. What's the uh, the the term terms on here? We got six years, one hundred eight mil. Six years, one hundred eight million. He's get it, you four years old. I want to say four. Yeah, this will definitely uh, definitely close him. Uh, but put a lid on his career, barring a trade, something yeah, like that. So uh, good for the Padres. You know, he's a nice anchor there for that rotation. I think. So I think so too. I mean, he's between him and Blake Snell and everybody else mm-hmm. they got on that staff. Good for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. this is a team. I think th- this is it. I mean, the San Diego Padres are all are all in, and they would. I would say they have yep. a three to four year window. Yeah, to really make so. something happen before it all just implodes. Because you yep. got to look at people's ages. Yep. You have to look at the contracts. There's going to be some the financials. There. The financials, yeah, and they. They said, "Hey, let's spend a few billion dollars and just uh, <laughs> spend a few. Bi- what's <laughs> a billion here? A billion there, right? Yeah." And try to try to get home a, a World Series championship, which in San Diego that'd be welcome, very welcome, because yeah. they don't really have much to cheer this about. Is in San it? Diego, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, they don't have they don't have any sports teams outside the Padres. No, do they? I don't think. Yeah, no. You know, this no, is no, it. No. Like I said in my song, they used to just be the you know they played a lot like a smaller market team, usually not really spending money. But in these past few years, ever since they really you know went after Machado and. To an extent, when they got Hosmer a little while back, they've you know decided to open up those pocketbooks, uh, you know, uh, let go of the purse strings a little bit and start spending. So yeah, I mean, last week you and I talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. and yep. it seems like every week we're talking about the Padres. And you and I, I mean, <laughs> we're we're fans of every team, but we're not saying right. we wouldn't say the Padres would be in our top three or five favorite teams in Major League no. Baseball in terms of what we like. But it's just that they just dominate headlines so yeah, much. I mean, all these signings from you, Darvish to to the uh, Manny Machado, Xander mm-hmm. Bogarts. I mean, it just yep. they they they're just a newsworthy team. Yep. So you figure that they're gonna they could kind of kind of close this out here. I mean, the pitching staff alone is pretty good. You Darvish, oh, yeah. Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell. I think they got Michael Waka. They just signed Waka Waka Waka. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I like their bullpen. I think Josh Hader. Yep. Is the best one of the best, if not the best, closer in baseball. So there's no excuses for this team not. To nope. Win. <laughs> nope. It's time to put up, uh, put up or shut up here. And yes, sir. I think they they've definitely uh, shown that this isn't the Dodgers division anymore, and they're going to make a run at it here. So yeah, and, and it sounds like use use the uh, 
the ace of the staff, right? Him and you. Saw. So, yep. There's you, at thirty five. It's man. weird when when I seen this deal come down. I thought you mm-hmm. Darvish was like thirty two, thirty. I thought so too. Thirty maybe, but thirty four. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, really? you really did. He kind of came to the league kind of later. A lot yeah. of those Japanese and Korean pitchers or players, they kind of mm-hmm. come a little bit later in their career. They do like Daisuke. And, Daisuke, uh, even Otani. Otani didn't too. join. Yep. I mean, he's not super young. He's in the back half of twenty of his twenties. Yep. So, and yeah, Ichiro did it. Remember Ichiro? <laughs> Ichiro I mean, if you imagine yep. Ichiro would have started in oh, Major League man. Baseball, Dude, just the records, records he would have broke. How many records would he have broken, man? Well, they That's combined. Crazy. Well, they combined his stats in the MPB mm-hmm. in Japan, and then they combined his stats in Major League Baseball. He would have like not only beat Pete Rose. I mean, if you were looking at just overall hitting in professional mm-hmm. baseball, I mean, he would have soared over Pete Rose, all time wow. hits leader. I mean, by like almost fifteen to two thousand hits. So mm-hmm. it's Man. incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, kudos to you. He's getting paid, mm-hmm. and. uh yeah, hopefully this is the cherry on top of the Padres uh, Sunday, but like they always say, you gotta you gotta play the games. Actually, you know, actually you do. do the do the games, and who knows if what injuries could happen, or people are gonna hit a slump, or Tatis is gonna roid up again. Who really really knows? It, it, it's all a mystery. It's all crazy. a mystery. Well, like you said, uh, baseball is. Well, you just mentioned injuries, and that happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, Frankie Montas just went down with it with the with an injury. Really? Wow. He's having pretty much season ending surgery oh. that kind of fucks the the yankees over at part of yeah. their rotation i mean yeah they got severino and garrett cole and what have you and C- cortez but frankie montaz was like the key back mm-hmm. half of that rotation so mm-hmm. and he's only 29 and he's probably gonna miss most of the season and then it came out i think yesterday or today casey my has not only had tommy john surgery he also had back surgery oh back surgery too yeah and, and get oh, this he geez. was saying yeah, and he was saying, Steve, that he's been having back injuries since college. Where the fuck was Where was this when we were scouting him? Hey, Amen. Where the fuck was this? And he says it's and they asked him, they said, Do you think this is why you were having a hard time the last couple of years? He goes, Oh yeah, it was it was a pain. You know, I had to and I guess Alex Fiedo had the same thing. Like so they basically Alex Fiedo had surgery and they basically I guess the old regime of the Tigers, the scouting. Yeah. And uh, the developmental coaches were telling him he needs to uh, bring his arm angles up more because the way he used to pitch, which was amazing in college, yeah. was going to lead to injury. Well, actually, the way they told him the pitch led to pitch, his injury. injury. And now yeah. the new coaches are saying, you got to go back to the way you're naturally you- able to throw because that's what made you a star in college baseball. It's like, who's fucking teaching these people, man? Seriously, I'm glad the Tigers have pretty much cleaned house with their scouting. And oh, me too, man. And their medical staff, too. <laughs> yeah. Training Jeez. staff, get rid. Oh, my God. Get rid of them all. Ruining fucking careers. Yeah. Man. Wait, yeah, where was that when we were uh, when we were scouting mice? Right. We should have known about. Anytime I hear back surgery, that just raises a big red flag. You yeah. know, because you think of Larry Bird and his back surgeries that he had and all the issues that he had near the end of his career. Casey Mize's career hasn't really even started yet. I know. And back surgery kind of really, really kills you. I mean, especially as a young player as he is. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing, guys? So, so kind of just going off of what you said, injuries. Yeah, any injury could happen. And with the San Diego Padres, they got to hope that mm-hmm. it's just no injuries this year and that everybody yep. can pitch and everybody can play and, and you win games because take it from the Tigers and not to say that they were going to do anything substantial last right. year, but injuries just depleted that team. Man. So yeah, it's sad, yeah. you know, it really is. It really is. So, wow. Well, well wishes to Casey Mize. Yeah. I'm looking this <laughs> stuff up now. And man, I know, man, Jeez. I know. So, Jiminy so crickets. Yeah. Congrats to you, Darvish. I, yep. I, I've never been a fan of paying a pitcher over a hundred million. Do I think this is a smart contract? No, 36. I don't. I don't think it's a a great contract, but at the same time, six years, 108 million apples and oranges. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just not a big fan of paying pitches over 100 million, but if you're spreading that out over six years, which is over Mm -hmm. half a decade, so I guess it's not horrible in the long run. Right. But if he doesn't, because you figure by the time he's in his late 30s, he's not Justin Verlander and he's not Ryan, right? Or so. I don't see him being as relevant by the right. time he hits his late thirties. So you figure, and I don't know the opt outs on this, but you figure by 
year three mm-hmm. or four, he's pretty well done. Yeah, I think this is one of those paying him for now uh, t- type of moves to, to keep him around for that window that you talked about. So, yeah, because um, I don't think they expect much out of him once he hits 39, 40, 41, 42 or so, I think is when it said that it would wrap up is uh, his deal. So yeah. I don't think they're expecting much on the back half. Right. Man, but right. Wow. But yeah. So, but one thing with you, Darvish, Steve, is he will yep. be in the baseball classic, the world Ooh, baseball yes, he classic, will. which is coming upon us. And we were going to, we're, we thought it would be a good time now to talk about the world baseball classic because he joined, I mean, him with many other players are joining kind of stacked rosters. I Dude, mean, you Darvish yeah. is joining Shohei Otani and Seiya Suzuki for the yep. Japan squad, right? So yep. is there any, looking over the baseball rosters for the World Baseball Classic, is there anything <laughs> that you, that any teams that really stand out to you? The Dominican Republic, I think, looks amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just looking at that that staff and, uh, you know, the the starters but i love the u.s team i love seeing that mike trout's gonna be playing for the first yes. time very excited about that it's gonna be a fun outfield there with mookie bats and mm-hmm. uh, cedric mullins that'll be fun uh you and i were talking about i i really think if uh if if the uh u.s has any uh, uh kryptonite so to speak i think it would be their pitching staff i would like to see a pitcher like a, a justin berlander or a garrett cole or even a Max Scherzer on their staff there, you know, like a, a knockout. Well, who do they have that you that at least? I mean, them? let me say, I let me pull up the roster. I here mean, again. we basically have well, we know Kershaw's playing. Yeah, Kershaw's playing, which is nice. I mean, what Adam Nestor Wayne, Cortez, right? which Nestor I Cortez going to be on the okay. USA side. Yeah, um, you know, Miles Brady Nicholas, Singer. <laughs> Miles Michaelis, yeah, Michaelis, yeah. Brady yeah. Singer actually is. I predict him to have a really good year. I mean, he is, yeah. he started last year just coming, you know, shaking off that rookie, that rookie stink. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, he's becoming an ace to that staff. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, Devin Williams, one of the best yeah. relievers in all the baseball. Not bad. Yeah. I, no, I but think, I, I just think their starting pitching is just a little meh. If yeah. I look at the re- if I look at the rest of their team, obviously they got real Muto at catcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Will Smith backing up there, and then you look at their infielders. You know, Bobby Wood Jr., Arenado, Goldschmidt, Pete Alonso, Tim Anderson, Trey Turner. That's a fucking sweet infield. Yeah. Um. You know, and then obviously in the outfield, Mullins, Jeff McNeil, Schwarbs, Kyle Tucker, Mike Trout, and Mookie Betts. Yes, please. But yeah, yeah if I just have fair. to look, if I look at their pitching, it's just I think that's uh, the one thing that could hold them back. You know, but yeah, I think, they got, like- I think they got a good shot. I think so. God, those position players, though, like you named, I mean, yeah. <laughs> killer. I mean, they're infielders alone. Alonzo, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt Jr. Jesus. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Kyle Tucker in the outfield. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Cedric yeah. Collins. Yeah. Oh, man. I like, uh, yeah, I like, I like Japan, obviously. Japan, I think, has won it more than anybody else. So, yeah. obviously, Japan's always going to be in it. Um, yeah, obviously, when you have, when you have, Shohei Otani, you know, he has his own special category on the Japan the roster as two way player. Right. Uh, anytime you got Otani on your team, I think you got a good chance. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, know. they have in a surprise. I remember a surprise person that's on there, which I didn't even know is Lars Newtbar. Lars Newtbar, huh? right? Japan's roster. Okay. I, I guess his mom is. Japanese, so never makes you sleep at night. I, I wonder what the deciding factor what that is <laughs> yeah. because why do certain players go to certain teams? Yeah, no, it's like uh, uh, looking at the Great Britain's roster has a lot of Canadian players or something on it, you know, pl- player because Canada, Great Britain. What's that? I said, uh, Canada, or I'm looking at Great Britain and they have a lot of like Canadian people on their roster, mm. oh, so yeah. you know, it, it's. You know, similar, you know, you got a lot of great, you know, Great Britain, Canada. They're like one in one A, similar to you know how things are done. So I don't know what really goes into that. You know, you see like uh Ian Kinsler or Brad Osmus managed Israel. And uh you know <laughs> actually I think Brad Osmus is still ma- I, I think he's the bench coach for Israel. He keeps he, getting away with he it. He keeps getting away with things. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know what the you know what those you know deciding factors are there, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, you know, looking at looking at the Canadian team. Oh, Freddie Freeman's on Canadian or on Canadian? What he is? No. Wow, yeah, that's insane. Okay, Tyler O'Neill, oh. 
Okay, okay. That's crazy. But I know yeah. some players probably can't make the USA team. I, I Freddie Freeman could, but I'm sure right. some couldn't make the Freddie Freeman team or the Freddie Freeman team. The Freddie Freeman team. That's totally what we should call the it. U.S. Base, uh, like yeah. say that some couldn't make the U.S. So like somebody right. like Tommy Edmond, he has or yeah, Tommy Edmond. I think he has uh Korea Korean uh kind of Korean heritage, so he ends up playing for Korea. It's some. It's people like that, right? Mexico has a pretty well, decent that, team. How's that possible? Like, how'd Freddie Freeman get himself onto Canada? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe he's... I don't know, because he comes from America. Yeah. Yeah. That's odd. Uh, yeah, what is, like, his Canadian ties? Yeah. A, <laughs> a second cousin? Maybe... Uh, they were like, we don't want you on the American team. He's like, I'm going to Canada. I'm going to Canada. All right. Yeah. Okay, so I, I did a quick Google search. Basically, his mother's from Canada, and he's honoring his late mother by joining oh, okay. the kid. Okay. I like right, that. Well, that's cool. I like that. Okay. I'll take that. I, I'll take that, too. I yeah. like that. That's playing for. Like uh, so, yeah, and headlines playing for Team Canada and the WBC means a lot to Freddie Freeman. Cool. So, I mean, you see these uh, and it's. A very mother base. That's cool. I mean, you're cool. a traitor to your country, but whatever. Um, <laughs> oh man, I, I learned that uh, about Freddie Freeman. He, uh, regardless of the weather, he always wears long sleeve uh, shirts when he plays because his mother passed away of skin cancer. Really? So he's he's always. Uh, I knew his mother passed away, but I didn't know that's why yeah, he wears. I, I believe, yeah. So he's always cognizant of that. So that's why, regardless if you ever watch him play, ever since I heard about that, you watch him. He never is in short sleeves. Mm. He's always always in the always in the long sleeve uh, long sleeve shirts uh, under his jersey when he plays. Oh, he's a class act. Yep, one of the best yep. players in baseball. Hot wife. I mean, yep, <laughs> living the American dream like Justin Verlander. Oh, but I, I do like some of these rosters. I think I think uh, Japan's going to be there in the end. Obviously, yep. with the with the big three there, and I think you and I were talking about how this will be the first baseball classic without Ichiro. Yeah. Yeah, well, you and I were saying that that's going to be kind of weird, but who knows? Maybe he'll suit up. <laughs> Surprise! My, that would be cool. That'd be cool if he was on like the pitching staff or the pitching oh, staff. Be, if he was on the coaching staff, like a hitting coach or something, that'd be dope, right? Dude, that'd be fucking sick, man. Man, I'd love to see that. But yeah, it's I'm, not going to be the same without him. I'm sure he'll still be around, but not the same without him actually out there playing. I mean, he leads stat leaders in in the World Baseball Classic. No and surprise turned, there. Turning turning fifty in October, you can still play. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I think yeah. Mexico's going to be a sneaky good team. They got a Ro- yep. Randy Rosarena. Yep. They got Jaron Duran, Alejandro Alejandro Kirk. Okay. I uh, Isak per- uh, Paredes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Alec Thomas. Wow. Luis okay. Urias. Alex Verdugo. Yeah. I think this is Radu Telez. Wow. Yeah. Mexico might be kind of a sleeper team in there. Yep. I like Venezuela as well. Obviously, they. I do know, too. Have a good yeah, Venezuela is amazingly stacked. Yeah. You know, I think I think Miggy's gonna play every day, right? <laughs> yeah. He should be a coach on there. Yeah, they yeah, they got Acuna in there in the outfield, you know, Santander, oh David Peralta. What? You know, dope, dope outfield uh Torres, Eugenio Suarez in the infield here. Um Luis Arais. Uh you know, it's it's a pretty good looking team. Is that Venezuela you're saying? Uh yes, Venezuela. Yep, Venezuela. Venezuela. Dom- Dominicans good. Dominican stacked. Good I'm looking at him yeah. right now, bro. Yeah. Raphael Devers, Wander Franco, Vlad. Vlad. Manny. <laughs> Manny Machado. Yeah. yeah. I mean, holy shit. I think they're going to be there in the end. Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto. Oh, my God. Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. They're yeah. pitching. Uh, Sally Alcantara is. Oh, they got Alcantara on their team. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, but that's kind of... I'm looking at the rest of that pitching. Is that it? Oh, that's man. Great. Christian Javier, that's not bad. Okay. But, yeah, it's... it's uh, They're a boy. Francisco Mejia. How about for fun? Let's head over to Team Australia. Let me know if you've heard of any. Right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I want to know if I know at least, like, two players. Looking. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Nobody. Uh... They're going to be ousted first round. Oh, my God, dude. Most of them are Oakland A's. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm looking. Dude, have you pulled up their, uh, their roster? Like, no. Oh, any team or any player that has a picture just has, like, everyone has, like, an Oakland A's hat on. <laughs> oh, my God, really? 
Yes. See if I know anybody here. So, look at Warwick. Warwick Supold is like maybe one of the only names I recognize. But look at the pictures, man. <laughs> Sam Holland. Yes. Um. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> They have first round exit written all over. Oh yeah! Oh, that Ulrich Bajarski doesn't he play for the Tigers organization? He did at least I remember in, him. Yeah, and for the Whitecaps he played at yep. one time. Oh yeah, Andrew Graham, that. third base coach. He was in the. Uh, I remember that Andrew Graham was the Whitecaps, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the rest is uh, not yeah. looking good. It's got first round exit written all over it. <laughs> Yeah, but again with baseball, you never know what's what happens. People get hot for a day, or team get hot for a day, and look out. That's what Australia pulls up and upset. That's why you play the games. Yeah, any given day, any team can win. That's the beauty of it. Yep. Puerto Rico looks pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Lindor, they got Javier Baez, Jose Miranda, Eddie Rosario, not bad. Christian uh, Vasquez. Yeah. All right. All right. I see. Well, this is gonna be a fun World Baseball class, really. And this kicks off what in March? Uh, yeah, March, about a month or so from now. Wow. I, I yep. can't wait, man. Yep. Let me take a look. Uh, the old shedge. Um, you and I are going to have to do our predict- predictions. Our yeah, predictions. kicks off. Yeah. I think our, our first day gets Cuba versus uh, Cuba plays to kick off on March 7th. So there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, this Good is going to be a, a fun one this year. Stacked one. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, really everything to start. Yeah, it March, yeah, March seventh through the twelfth, and uh, uh, that's for Pool A. Nine through thirteen uh, for Pool B. Eleven through fifteen for Pool C, and uh, eleven through fifteen for Pool D. It's going to be fun. Nice. Yep. Yep. Very it's cool. just really it, it gets done really fast. Dude. It's like a two week tournament. Like that's the championships I, are right there, and uh, and on the twenty first. That's what people love about the World Baseball Classic. It's yeah. so it doesn't get out. yeah, it's exactly. It's not just dragged along like uh, yeah. a full month like it is with the NCAA tournament or with or with baseball college football season. Yeah, or with college football playoffs. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> right where there's like time in between. No, this is like mm-hmm. the best. This is yep. the best teams going against each other. Country. It's basically basically as if it was the Olympics, right? Yep. So you have. Yep ever world going against each other so that's yep. pretty fucking cool man yeah it is i'm i'm excited it's gonna be a good time yeah and also in other news Derek jeter i i noticed he came out so i was watching the super bowl on sunday and you're watching that eight hour pregame show oh my god i was watching parts of it, it were you i i didn't get in there but... i i you know because i i have my, my daughter was with me so i i got to watch some of the game but mm-hmm. I didn't get really any of the uh, the the pregame or anything. I think we were at the park when you texted me about Jeter. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he's joining Fox, huh? He's joining Fox. It was kind of funny. They were they were cutting to. They came out of a commercial, and there was David Ortiz was there, and <laughs> I believe A Rod. And nope. then suddenly there was a surprise, and Derek Jeter walks out. And it was funny. Like I told you before. <laughs> Derek Jeter had this look on his face like he was like he forgot a rod was a part of the box <laughs> and uh, that's funny they yeah they greeted him and with open arms and he's gonna be an analysis for Fox for the Fox team for the upcoming season which is really cool okay. I'm actually looking uh, yeah. forward to seeing that because between you have Frank Thomas you have yep. uh, uh Jeter, a rod yep. Ortiz yep. that's gonna be fun man that's the gonna heck be a, of a fun... lineup right there I, I yeah. think so too, especially when you get into postseason play and you're going to have mm-hmm. these guys. I do wonder though why Derek Jeter wanted to become an analysis. I I, I yeah. think he's bored. I think he is too, and which led to so a too. led to a bigger family conversation over the weekend when or Sunday and Monday, and we I was we were talking and I was just saying I brought up I'm saying it's just hard for these guys to leave the game. Yeah. Anybody who's played for so many years, when you leave the game, it's there's like a hole in you. Yeah, I mean, that's why, void. right? And that's why you see people get into it, whether they're coaching, whether they're scouting, yep. whether they're announcing. And yep. as Derek Jeter is in broadcasting now, that's why A Rod's in it. And it's funny, yep. some of, and I always thought Derek Jeter would have been better off being part of that ownership team with the Marlins mm-hmm. and he was doing some GM work with them. 
And I thought that was really cool. And I'd always wondered because the documentary really never covered it very well. He just said that he was about winning and they weren't about winning. But mm. you look at the Marlins roster now, it's like, They're why didn't you stick win. around? Yeah. Right? Why yep. didn't you stick around? They, this team is really potentially there. Yeah, they're ready to win. And yeah, with a lot of the pieces you put in place. Right. I, I just <laughs> so I think there was some inner turmoil there, but I I would have always loved to see him be part of a front office and mm-hmm. lead a, a team instead of being an analysis. But I like Derek Jeter all the way around. So I think he'll he's gonna be a fun part of the the Fox team for sure. And Fox is on fire. They added Tom Brady for football, they got a G tier for baseball. Gonna yeah. be uh get it, Fox. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, they it's pretty big coming their way, and it's uh, yeah, I like the team. I think it's a it's a good ad. He's gonna add a lot. It's funny because you're gonna have it's smart because they're gonna have the Yankee representation there, yep. and then with Ortiz, they're gonna have the Boston representation yep. there, and between him, between Jeter, A Rod, and Ortiz, you have a <laughs> bunch of fucking rings, almost ten rings. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be good, man. It's going to be it's going to be a good time for the upcoming yeah. season. Well, it's good that, you know, A-Rod and Jeter seem to bury the hatchet if they're going to be working together on all these, uh, you know, broadcasts. I think that was the first thing I said to you. I was like, so they, they fire an A-Rod or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, just from watching the captain documentary and seeing where it is now, because they've made some appearances together and stuff. I think they will never be best friends. Maybe, yeah. maybe down the line, who knows? But I also, I think it when you get older, the things you used to care about back then, the grudges you used to hold, probably don't have any weight because mm-hmm. A Rod has kids now. Derek Jeter yeah. has kids. They're both, you nope. know, Derek Jeter's happily married. Nope. They both are, have Hall of Fame careers. I just nope. at this point, I don't think. I don't think yeah, it matters much anymore. Yeah, I mean, Derek the bygones be bygones. Right. They, forget the what, past. And... Right. Because they were basically mad about comments made to reporters. Right. And right. that's when they were playing. So the fact that Derek Jeter's in the Hall of Fame now, he's like, I don't fucking care. I have yeah. <laughs> What am I? What grudge? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think yep. it's just an age thing. So I, I, I doubt there was any animosity when he joined the Fox team. And then they welcomed him with like a jersey. It was a big yep. thing. It was pretty <laughs> cool. So. So yeah, it's going to be fun for the upcoming season for sure. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm I excited. am too. I am too. Moving you know, on. Also, I'm excited about is then and now. Then and now, we're back again. Yep. This time, what are we doing, Steve? Then we are doing second baseman, huh? Yes, sir. All right, All right. it's going to be fun. Second baseman of the 1980s. The 80s paired with right. the now paired with the no. second baseman now. So, Steve, if you want to kick off. Oh, I'm kidding. There's a lot of good second basemen. This one, as I mentioned last week, was hard because the first few are really easy for second baseman, yep. you would assume. But then the back half, you really got to dig deep and figure out who was the best second baseman during the 80s. So yep. let's kick it off, Steve. Who do you got for oh, your number five? I'm going to be kicking it. I'm going to be kicking it uh, with a little sax man, Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs comes in for me at... Uh, at number five, I know when he got with the Yankees there near the end uh, into uh, into the 90s, he got a little case of the yips. But uh, during his time with the in the 80s, he was a heck of a player with the Dodgers and then uh, joining the Yankees in 89, uh, rookie of the year there in 82. Uh, you know, obviously didn't really hit for power, but you were really looking for power. He's a guy that could get on base and could... Uh, you know, could steal steal you some bags. So some years he had, you know, 83, he had 56 stolen bases, uh, solid average up close to a 300, even went as high as a, a 332 average there in 86, just a, a you know, a really, uh, really depend, dependable player. And for the most part was great with the glove, um, really high fielding percentage, except for those, uh, couple of years where he had the gifts with the Yankees, but that's not, that's in the nineties. I'm talking about the eighties. So Steve yeah. Sachs for me comes in at number five. Steve Sachs, always the sax man. Oh, the sax man. Yeah. Remember him in uh, that episode of The Simpsons with the, uh, yeah. wasn't he in there with the, the softball team? With the yes, Simpsons? he was. Yeah. Was guy, wasn't Daryl Strawberry in there? Daryl Strawberry was in there too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number five for me is Bobby Gritch. I, Bobby Gritch, I, Bobby Gritch was born in Muskegon, Michigan, right? So not yeah, there we go. Michigander, although he ended up going to Long Beach and that's, I think where he finished high school and what have you, but good former first round pick Bobby Gritch. He started in the seventies and that's kind of where he made his name. The eighties where you were seeing kind of the, the end of the road for him, 
His last MLB appearance was in 86. I probably would have put him a little higher if he actually played more in the 80s. But the Ooh. 70s were kind of his claim to fame. But one thing I'll say about him in the 80s is that he learned how to change the game, his game around. Because in the Ooh. 70s, you saw a guy that he had 20 to 30 home run potential. Yep. Right. And with the pinnacle being he hit his only 30 run home runs in 1979. But then you realized the older he got that he was going to have to change his game a little bit. So you've seen him by, I would say, the beginning of the 80s strikeouts went down a little bit. Yep. He started hitting to get on base. He was really good at walks. This is a guy that could always manage to get on base, but he still always had good power. So he was always in the 15 to 20 home run range most of his career. And he, he didn't win any MVP awards, but in the, in the 80s, he was at least dark horse to win him a couple times, made three all-star appearances in the 80s as well. And this is a guy that in, in the end of his career, he was just a solid player. And Earl Weaver, former manager of the man of the Baltimore Orioles, loved him. Mm-hmm. He would just love him. So Bobby Gritch for me comes at number five, best second baseman of okay. the 1980s. Well, you loved him at number five. I love him at number four. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Bobby Rich comes in for me at number four. I'm looking at this team, man. That that California Angels team there in the 80s. How'd they not get get to the World Series? Uh, dude, you I know they had what no they had Reggie idea. Jackson, Fred Lynn, Rod Carew, yeah. uh Bobby Gritch. I mean, this team was really good. But yeah, I mean, just a, a dependable, you know, like you said, uh near the tail end of his career. Really, he made the the most of his uh time there in the uh in, in the seventies, but still, you know, had a uh, Silver Slugger, a couple All Star appearances, uh, had a nice uh, twenty two homer season there in eighty one. Um, you know, batting average, you know, right in that two two sixty to two eighty. You know, guys high as three hundred four there in eighty one as well. Uh, just like for everything that you said, just a very dependable, uh, solid uh, second baseman. So the Gritch man for me comes in at number four. Number four for me was it was it was hard choice between like a few different guys. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, this uh, the second baseman wasn't a position of value in the 80s. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't it was just not saying lack of talent. It's just you didn't see a lot of high performers like you, right. you have now today. And when we get to our now second baseman, you're going to see superstars. Right. Yep. In, in a few of them. So uh, number four for me was Juan Samuel. Now, this was a guy yep. you look at Juan Samuel. You're not you're not thinking, oh, my God. What an amazing second baseman. I mean, <laughs> only a three-time All-Star. I mean, Silver Slugger Award. He actually made the Phillies Hall of Wall of Fame, which is mm-hmm. a pretty prestigious honor as well. And he was dra- he was it started his career in '83, so he had, he was three years into the '80s, and he yep. and in the in that <clears throat> he was swinging at everything, which led to a oh, lot yeah. of strike, which led to a lot of strikeouts from '84, '85, '86, '87. We're talking 168 strikeouts, 141, 142, 162. We're talking about league leading strikeouts. Yep. So. He kind of calmed that down as it went into near the end of the eighties. And he, I would have said his, his, um, nineties were a little bit more. He, he produced a little bit more in the way you need him to get on base and what have mm-hmm. you. This guy didn't yep. have amazing power by any means. But one thing that was really good about him, he was like a very good at triples. I mean, he always hit yeah. for triples. Uh, he led the league a couple times in the eighties, but, uh, he could always count on him to hit for extra bases. And that's one, that's why he's on my list because Juan Soto was just, he was, he just, was an extra base god so uh for me juan samuel comes in at number four okay okay man we must be playing a game of piggyback because juan samuel comes in for me at number three <laughs> Here we go i thought he's a little bit higher i did it mostly for the triples like you talked about yeah uh 84 he had 19 triples 87 he had 15 triples uh like you said his strikeouts were uh early on in his career were through the roof but as his career went on, he he got a lot better, a lot more plate discipline. But uh, you know, a second baseman that had some power in '87, he had you know 28 home runs over you know 100 RBIs right there, uh, and could steal some bases as well. So that's a, a triple threat there, uh, you know, for uh, for a second baseman. You know, two two uh, two All Star appearances there in the '80s, runner up for Rookie of the Year in '84. I, I when I when I think of Juan Samuel, I think of that one year that he was with the Tigers, but that was in, mm-hmm. in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, you know, back when the Tigers were grasping at straws, trying to be good in the nineties, but sucking at it. But um, <laughs> you know, just a, a solid you know career. Bill, Billy's wall uh, wall of fame there out there, Hall of Fame, and uh, yeah, comes in for me at number three. 
Number three for me was now this is where we get into the nitty gritty. It's the upper echelon of second baseman. And it's hard to talk about best second baseman through the eighties without talking about Frank white. Now, Frank white, mostly people remember him as being a Kansas city Royal because that's where he played his entire career. But people also remember him as being a politician. He was a politician in his later years, but I've always liked Frank white. I mean, this was a guy, I think, that started out his career pretty hot. And then as he went on, you could see by the time you hit, I'd say the, the mid-80s, it started kind of going down a little bit. But mm-hmm. then he found a little bit more resurgence in the late 80s. So for me, I mean, you're talking about an all-star, one to, what do you have, like five-time all-star as yeah. well. I mean, he was one of the better defensive fielding second basemen of all time, or in the mm-hmm. 80s anyways. Uh, he started his career in the early 70s, so that's kind of where a lot of people got to know him. But by the time he hit, I think, 82, he he was re- I, I really I really saw you started seeing the productivity with hitting 156 hits next year, 143, 130, 140. This guy has hit had over 100 hit seasons, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 12 times in his career in 18 years. So to me, it's just the the production, the hitting production uh, alone, and uh, keeps Frank White for me at number three. Uh, and he's also uh, retired as uh, a Royal, and he's in their Hall of Fame as well. And they retired his number, which is pretty prestigious. Eight-time Gold Glove yep. winner. And he kicked off the 80s by winning the ALCS MVP. So for me, Frank Ro- Frank White is my number three best second baseman. Yeah, frankly, a great player on the, the Royals team, 85 uh, world champs. Uh, just consistent with the bat, too. Um, you know, a guy, he's I'm looking, he's not, not going to, he didn't really have, he never hit triple digits for strikeouts. And so it's just a guy great with the, great in the field and great, uh, great at the plate. So that's a, that's a, that's a great, uh, great number three choice there. Uh, so for me, I'm coming in at numero dos and I'm going to go with, I'm uh, you know, I'm going to sh- surprise people. I'm going to go with Ryan Sandberg as my number two. Wow. Okay. And you're like what number two? Oh, if you got a second base, think Ryan Sandberg. Yeah. Well, I got a different yeah. choice for my uh, for my <laughs> number one. Uh, but Ryan Sandberg, fantastic, great career there with the Cubs. MVP, MVP That's in '84, uh, triples machine in '84, 19, 19 triples that year. Just uh, you know, consistent. Going to hit close to close to three hundred almost every season. Uh, All Star. I've lost track on the All Star games yet. Uh, you know, numerous All Stars, Gold Glove, Silver Sluggers. He he's what you want to see in a uh, second baseman. Also, uh, you know, had had some pop in his bat. Thirty home runs there in '89. Uh, you know, twenty six there in '85. He he can he can hit. He can field. Great player. He uh, Michael and I always talk about loyalty. Spent his entire career with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, except for you know one little handful of games that he had there with the Phillies there in uh, in eighty one to kick off his career, but you know what that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, just a, a model of consistency. Uh, he came in Ryan Sandberg. He's my he's my number uh, number two second baseman of the eighties. I'm not so surprised, but I do like that number two pick. Uh, okay. Okay. You're maybe surprised, maybe not. My number two is Lou Whitaker. Okay. Sweet Lou. Uh, Sweet Lou, man. Uh, You and I have watched these last three guys. We've kind of all watched being 80s and 90s kids. And Lou Whitaker was a big favorite in in Detroit, Michigan. And he uh, they they retired his number one jersey. We're talking about a four time Silver Slug Award winner all in the 80s. Three time Gold Glove Award winner, which I think he got screwed on like five or six of them throughout his yep. career that didn't go to him, which I'm so surprised just looking at his fielding percentages compared to the guys that have won it and the guys who have made errors and what have you. And just how he was just flawless at second base between yep. him and Trammell, Trammell playing short, just one of the best second basemen of all time, defensively, one of the smartest second basemen of all time, which I don't think he gets enough credit for no. Lou Whitaker. Just love sweet Lou. I remember <clears throat> going to my first tiger game in the early nineties and I remember people, and I didn't know because that was my first Tiger game. I didn't know what people were, how people did things at, at mm-hmm. games when they when they uh, when they when they celebrate a player and they were going Lou <laughs> every time he stepped up to to bat. And I always thought they were saying boo 
I thought they were booing him. So Same I started here. getting mad. I started, yep. and I'm a kid. And I'm telling people to shut up. <laughs> and I'm probably look like an asshole, you know. But I think <laughs> my dad or my uncle Larry ended up telling me, "Hey, they're, they're saying Lou." I said, "Oh, saying Lou." Well, it looks. It sounds like boo. And yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> but, but Lou Whitaker, one of the best to do it at his position for sure. A great left-handed hitter. Uh, statistically, he's not where you kind of want him to be. I mean, over two twenty-three hundred hits, great. Uh, over a thousand runs batted in, amazing. Two seventy-six average, uh, fantastic. But and I know that he. We we're talking Hall of Fame, and it's he won Rookie of the Year in seventy-eight. So he kind of started in the late seventies, and then once he hit, I think. 82 83 he started taking off mm-hmm. and this guy played over 100 games every season you could always count on Lou to be there every game which you just you got to love this is a guy every season too that would put up between 70 and 80 RBI seasons he never hit over 300 more than twice in his career but uh, for me just watching Lou and understanding just him being in our childhood yeah sweet Lou yep. goes for me Steve number two okay well He's coming in at number one. Number one. <laughs> call me, call me a homer. Yeah, call me a homer. That's fine. But Lou Whitaker comes in for me at number one. And I know you're not a fan of the war step, Mike. Yeah. But Lou Whitaker has the seventh best war of all time among second basemen at a uh, a clip of 75.1 war. Uh, career batting average 276. 1,386 runs scored. 1,084 RBIs. 244 home runs. Like I said, rookie of the year in 78, but we're talking about the 80s. Uh, you know, all-star in uh, five straight seasons, silver slugger and uh, four-time silver slugger, won uh, three gold gloves, just a model of consistency, uh, probably top three or four, I think right up there with my favorite Tigers of all time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know when people think second baseman, like I said, Sandberg, but for me, it's it's Lou Whitaker. So Lou, it comes in for me at number one. Hey man, Lou Whitaker. You look at him, just a model of consistency at the mm-hmm. at second base. Most people, when they think of Lou Whitaker, they always think of being one of the best second basemen in yep. the '80s, anyways. Yep. So yep. I, I don't really you you talk to anybody who knows baseball, and they will always when you mention Lou Whitaker, their eyes get big and they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he was just one of the best second basemen ever. Should so. <laughs> you, you got you got to give him his props, so 100, percent and he definitely deserves to be number one. Number one for me is is somebody that Steve talked about, and this guy. When you bring him up in a in a conversation, people do the same thing like they do with Lou Whitaker, and that's Ryan Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And we're talking yep. about a guy that never actually won a, a championship, of course, but he was one of the greatest second basemen of all mm-hmm. time, and especially in the 80s. Ten time All Star, NL MVP in in 94, nine time Gold Glove. Steve, basically everything that. <laughs> you want to know about him, Steve has said, but we're talking about a guy from stretch from 82 all the way to 93 was just an immaculate all-star. Yeah. And he was one of the better, if not the best Chicago Cub uh, at that time, you know, and he's, yep. he, he's hit for 300, I think on five occasions, about five occasions as well. He, he gets, he got on base all the time. He was another one that could hit for triples. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad that he finally got his due and got into the hall of fame yep. because I definitely think he deserves it, especially in the era he played in. So, uh, yeah, for me, Ryan Sandberg number. I still think he, he deserves another managing gig in my opinion, but that's, just, hey, yeah, he kind of got screwed kinda over. Kinda and that's something that over, you know? not a lot of people talk about. He was with the Phillies there, or I'm sorry. He was with the Phillies from what? 2013, 2015 ish. So, and then he kind of got passed over and then the guys they had after him, in my opinion, weren't as good as Ryan. No. Sandberg. Nope. Nope. So I, I'm, I, I think so too, man. Cause remember yeah. when he was in the minors in triple yeah, a, he was killing, he was it. killing yeah. it as a manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of disappeared, and yeah. a lot of people went more analytics, and he's not an yep. analytical guy, right. so that kind of is why he's wiped off a most, Matt, most, uh, most, uh, most, you know, uh, people are looking at you know most um, candidates, yeah, candidate list, yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think he yeah. kind of didn't get a fair shake as a manager. Yep, yep. But shall we go from the eighties and start talking now? Let's do it. Now, best right. second baseman rate now. Right. You want to uh, you want to lead us off on this? Yeah, thing? sure thing. Um, my number five is Ketel Marte. Good choice. Yeah, he had a shit season last year. I thought, 
for the most part, but it, I, it wasn't enough for me to take him off the list altogether. He's still only 29 years old. Mm-hmm. He is another guy who can just hit for triples all the time. Yep. But at the same time, he is the leader in the Arizona Diamondbacks clubhouse. He has a knack for hitting over 300. Uh, he's not going to, I think he hit like 92 RBIs in nine in uh, 2019, but in 2022, mm-hmm. he was battling a lot of injuries. You saw that come out. 20, 21 was probably his best year. I mean, we've seen that was his peak at hitting 318, right? right. 108 hits, 29 doubles to uh, matched with 50, 50 RBIs. But I think you saw him break out and people are expecting a lot out of him, but he signed that big contract coming out of 21. Then he got injured in 22. I still think it's there for him. He has good power at the plate. He has a hit ability. He can hit to all sides of the field if you need him to as well. This guy comes up big in games. He's can, can become clutch as well. You can float him from one all the way to nine in any of those positions in the batting order. So for me, Kettle Marte, Kettle Marte, the Dominican Republic native is my number five second baseman right now. What do you got, Steve? Solid pick, and I you know, I think he's part of that future there and uh, what they're building with Arizona. Yes. So for me, I went a little bit younger, a guy who I am basically put him on the list for what he could be, and that's uh, Nico Horner uh, with the Cubs. 25. Obviously, his best season coming uh, was last year when he played pretty much a full season, 135 games. Uh, but in that time, was able to uh, you know have a solid 281 average uh 10 home runs, 55 RBIs, 20 stolen bases. I think he's just going to continue to get better. I think he's what the Cubs need uh, to you know, be a centerpiece uh, in, the, in their future, their future core to try and get them back uh, into Providence, uh, back into the playoffs, and hopefully back into the World Series. So uh, I like Nico. Uh, he comes in for me at number five. Nico's good. Nico Horner, Chicago oh. Cubs. Yeah, number Bobby. number four for me, this guy probably should be higher. But I, I I need to see more from him in terms of leading of help leading a team because he always is not even a Robin to the Batmans of this mm-hmm. team, but it's it's Jeff McNeil for the New York Mets. I love Jeff McNeil. I know you love Jeff McNeil. He's a really good yeah. second baseman, but you when you think of second baseman, he just doesn't pop out. And but he's quietly has put together a pretty good resume, a pretty good resume, a pretty good mm-hmm. stat base in Major League Baseball from 2018. I mean, 2018, 329 average to the next year, 318 next year, 311. And obviously mm-hmm. 2021 battled injuries, wasn't on the top of his game, uh, still hit 251. And then last year, 326 to lead all of National League Baseball. So uh Jeff McNeil is just a consummate professional, a consummate gets a const consistently gets on base. Dark horse possibly MVP last year, Silver Slugger Award, couple all star appearances, and he'll go higher on my list, you know, the more he keeps providing like this, because I think there's only three times in his career that he's actually played over a hundred games. Mm-hmm. But uh I, I really like Jeff McNeil. I think he's one of the better second basemen out there. Yeah, probably deserves to be higher for sure, but when we're looking looking at a performance base, he needs to be the top five at least. So Jeff McNeil, for me, goes at number four. Love it. Love it. For me at number four, I'm going to go with the uh, face of this year's MLB The Show, and that's Jazz Chisholm Jr. Okay. Um, you know, He's coming off a bit of an uh, injury season, only played in 60 games last year. But in, the, you know, in that short time, he did make the All-Star team. Uh, had his highest career batting average uh, to date, You know, batting 254. Got a little bit of pop in the bat, 14 uh, home runs, 45 RBIs. I just, I love watching this guy play baseball. He's mm-hmm. a guy that just has uh, a love about him. You can tell he really, really loves to play, uh, loves to, you know, put, put on a show there. And I, I think he can uh, continue, continue to improve. Obviously, MLB thinks the world of them. They put him on the cover of, the, of their mm-hmm. game there. So uh, yeah. uh, I think the, the sky's the limit for Jazz, and he's up for me at number four. Yeah, going off of where Steve's le- stopped, I'll pick up. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, <laughs> for me, is a little a little one higher, a little uh, a position higher, and that's three. He's my number three guy. Je- everything for what, what Steve says. I love watching him play. He plays the game like everybody should play, and he plays it with mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Very Willie Mays-esque. He's his own person. I remember with the Marlins, some of the players didn't like how, how uh, much he was just himself. Some people didn't yeah. like him being himself, and himself is very 
extravagant, very extroverted, very out there for everybody to see. But you know what? I love when people can bring their personalities to the mm-hmm. diamond on and off the park and, uh, you know, on and off the other uh, field. And, and jazz chism is that, and it comes with a lot of, comes with a lot of a production value too. You started seeing now the reason why he's on our list. Normally when you're looking at stats, you were thinking, well, why is he on this list? Well, right. we're looking at what he's becoming because he yeah. hasn't even hit the, his peak yet. He hasn't hit his ceiling yet. But you've seen glimpses of it. You've seen it in the power. You've seen it in his that at the plate. You see it yep. everywhere. You see it in the field. You see how he does it in the clubhouse. And it's and he might play center field this year. I mean, with the oh, yeah. with the trade to get Luis Arias, he might be moved over to, back into the outfield. And I think he'll be an immaculate short, uh, center fielder. Mm-hmm. So you just you would love to have Jazz Chisholm on any team. And it's not. You know, I'm not. We're not putting him here for his personality. We're putting him on here. I think you did too, just because. Yep. We're starting to see him take off as one of the better young second basemen in the league. And by this time next year, we're going to be talking how great he is. And he could even be moved up the list. So mm-hmm. uh, Jet Chisholm for me is at number three. Number three for me is uh, Ozzy Aldis. Uh, similar to Jet Chisholm, had a bit of the injury bug last year, appearing in only 64 games. But the year before, he's in 156 games. And he showed... You know, he showed what he what he can do there with 30 home runs and 106 RBIs. He's already a two-time All-Star, a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and he's only 26 years old. Yep. So um, I, I hope he can come back, come back healthy and help the uh, the Braves because the Braves can really use his bat. Uh, you know, great, great in the field, great at the plate. Uh, seems like a really great teammate. And uh, like, like I said, he's he's young, so uh, uh, he could definitely move up the list. But for right now, he's sitting comfortably for me at number three. Yeah, number two for me, it's the same guy. It's Ozzy Elbies. I think if we're going to say who is closest to Ryan Sandberg and Lou Whitaker, our picks in the then part of the series, Ozzy Elbies would be part of that. He he profiles very much similar to those guys. Very consistent. The only thing with Ozzy Elbies, he did. The injury bug had kind of bit him last year, and he tried to come back. And personally, I think he yep. should just not have come back. He, he came back yep. too soon, and he, mm-hmm. he you know broke his foot, and he just or his elbow or something. I mean, he just... Basically, he shouldn't have came back as early as he did. I think he should have just stayed stayed out. But yep. this is a guy that wants to play every day. I think he needs to get that average a little bit more up there, gets that strikeout rate down a little bit. But if he works on that, he'll be one of the best young second basemen in the league. I mean, you're Agreed. talking 25, 26 years old. He led the league in hits in 2019, right? And mm-hmm. uh, he can hit for power. I mean, he's has 30 home run potential. He's hit 30 home runs in 21. So that's why... We're saying we're not using his performance as last year as a base to no. put him on this list. We're using the consistent he consistency he has shown from 2017 to 2022. And when he plays, the team is just better. The team yeah. rallies around him. I'm sure you're going to see if I'm like I said, and Steve said, too, I'm not a big fan of the war stat, but I know the war stat is made for people like him because mm-hmm. there isn't somebody who can replace him at that second base position because he is that good. So mm-hmm. Ozzy Elbies for me is my number two best second baseman rate now. Coming in for me at number two is something that uh, someone that was a little bit high, lower on Michael's list, but he's a little bit higher for me. And that's Jeff McNeil. Oh, Jeff um, McNeil. Oh, good old Jeff McNeil right here. Our batting champion. 326 average last year. He made the all-star team at silver slugger award. He's a two-time all-star. Uh, and uh, can hit home runs if you wanted to. In 2019, he did hit 23. He only had uh, well, he had nine home runs last year, but you know he can show that the power's there, and and he's consistently up there. He had a bit of a down year in uh, 2021 when he only hit 251, but he's consistently over 300. Uh, the thing is, he was a little bit of a late bloomer. He's you know he's he's 30 30 years old, about to be 31 here uh, in April. Uh, didn't get his career started really till he was 26, but you know, ever, ever since he did get started, he's hit the ground running. Um, and like, like Michael said, you know, sometimes when you think second baseman, Jeff McNeil probably isn't the, uh, the first name that comes to mind, but if you're looking at his stats. I think he, he sits solid for me at number two, Mr. Consistency. I mean, he missed a consistency. You can uh, bet he's going to get a hit for you, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and staying yep. And saying that with my going to number one, if we're talking consistency, uh, both you want to say both of it? I mean, we both sure both are number ones. It's Jose Altuve. Altuve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's not to love about Jose Altuve? Nope. I loved uh, if this guy could have a movie about himself. I mean, we're he talking really about could. a guy 
who attended a Houston tryout camp, Houston Astro tryouts camp, tryout camp, and back when he was 16, yep. and they he was too young for them to sign him, but they really liked him. You know, yep. and fast forward years later, when he was old enough, hell yeah, they fucking signed yeah, him. And he did. was the great secret of the Houston Astros, and nobody yep. really knew about him. I mean, he was under the radar. I mean, you're talking about a guy who grew up in Venezuela, mm-hmm. and he never made the international lists. You know, those big yep. international lists and the international signings. He wasn't a Jason Dominguez or Julio Rodriguez. He wasn't those guys, Victor Mesa Jr. He wasn't those guys. He, nobody knew who the fuck Jose Altuve was, but <laughs> when he jumped on the scene, he arguably one of the best Astros, if not the best Astro of all time. Yep. I mean, yep. career batting average. I mean, career batting average. Of, I believe he's hitting over. He's still 300, yeah. 307 career batting average. I mean, every year he's almost leading the league in hits from 2014 to 2017. Mm-hmm. He had over 200 hits and led the league in that. This is a guy who every year hits over 300 or th- at 300 or over 300. And if he doesn't hit 300, he's right around 300. Yep. Right. Uh, MVP back in 2017, two time yep. World Series champion. I mean, what is there not to say? I love his total base totals. Uh, I just, this guy is going to first ballot Hall of Famer if he mm-hmm. keeps playing his cards right. Yep. I think so too. You know, over 200 hits four times in his career. Uh, All star almost, almost every year outside of a handful. Always in the MVP conversation, always at the top of the game for hitting with silver sluggers and can win you a couple of, uh, he's won a gold glove before too. So yeah, yeah. And until he sharply declines, he's going to consistently be number one on, on, on a lot of people's lists. So yeah. 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 He, eight time all-star as well. I mean, he's probably going to get over 2000 hits this year because he's, he's right on the cusp of getting that as well. He's not, he's a guy that he will hit home runs. His his thing is getting on base. His, yep. His he finds unique ways to get on base. He plays with a lot of tenacity. He's just he's just a fun guy to watch yeah. as well. And yeah, man, I just you know, how can he not be number one? I mean, yep. he doesn't even get talked about enough. No, he doesn't. I mean, so, no. and he's only thirty two. So you're talking about <laughs> it's hard who, to believe, man. Yeah, you know, he's been through the Astros. All he was on those bad teams in the uh, early 2010s mm-hmm. there, and now he's gotten to ride all the way to the mountaintop twice. So and he's yeah. only 32. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, he can steal bases. Yep. Uh, those went down in recent years, but yeah, you're still, seeing him. Yeah. He could float at the top of the lineup and yep. and just do some magic f- for the Astros. And I think he's going to be an Astro for life. So no, I think so too. I think uh, him. I see him and Bregman as being uh, Astros for life. I think. I think so too. You know, so. I like it. We agreed on one of them. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With that, shall we head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. I'll go first here. Um, Up for me this week is uh, Ozzy Albies. Uh, He's up $10.91 or a 221.30% increase to a market value of $15.84. Up cards include his uh, 2023 tops. We can talk about 23, uh, 23 tops here in a little bit. 2023 tops, 1988 uh, card uh, number 63. It's 2018 tops, white uniform, gold parallel rookie card number two, 2018. Uh, down for me this week is Frank Thomas. He is uh, He's down $17.94 or a 59.76% decrease to a market value of... Twelve dollars and eight cents. Uh, down cards include his nineteen ninety tops number one draft pick rookie card number four fourteen and his nineteen ninety seven pinnacle inside number thirteen. Nice. Yeah. Um, up for me is Bobby Gritch, somebody hey, we just talked about recently. Up thirteen dollars and fifty cents. That's a two thirty two point three six percent market increase. Market price right now sits around nineteen dollars and thirty one cents. We're talking about a lot of his earlier cards, early set uh, late seventies, early eighties. Kellogg Serial 3D card, which those are really those popular. Yeah. yeah, those are really nice. His 81 tops, number 82. And of course, his 71 tops, rookie 193. Down, surprisingly, is Jose Altuve. Now, he's Ooh. down $7.07. It's about a 41.45% decrease. Market price right now sits around $9.95. So, really? Uh, yeah, and I don't understand it, but I think as the years go and he's starting to hit those milestones, I think you're going to start seeing his card go up as well. Mm-hmm. I think right now, a lot of his early stuff you can get for super cheap. So I would bet on him now and get buy up early because I, I do see an increase in, in future, uh, 2015 tops update, throwback variation number six twenty is 2011 
Tops Update rookie card, uh, US mm-hmm. 132, which I believe I have. Really good rookie card. I think argu- arguably one of his better ones. Uh, 2022 last year, Tops Pristine Orange as well you can get. Okay. And uh, we had a Tops release today. Today, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Tops Series 1. I haven't gotten a chance to get a good look at it, but I'll try and get to uh, uh, the hobby store uh, in the coming days and try and get us a hobby box here we can do a little split and uh, get a closer look at it but uh i think they're going to go with the 88 look for the flashback cars love that's kind of dope i love it yeah, yeah the 88 uh, you know it's not as cool as the 87 with the wood you know the wood background and stuff but right. a nice solid look there with 88 probably got some uh really nice rookies in there i know i showed you the riley green uh rookie for the tigers looks pretty dope and i love the design they went back to adding the uh uh, the the heads there on the front there in the bottom corner of uh, you know little profile shots. So uh, I, I I like that. It's a good look for tops. I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, to dive deep into a hobby box here soon. I am too. Yeah. So it begins. I mean, this is the first box release yep. of the year. So this is kind of cool. This is going to be I'm really excited. nice. By the next year, you're always kind of like, okay, let's get new the the next year cards in there. Yep. You know. So I'm kind of I feel like we've collected every 22 card. We've seen every 22 card. Yep. From yep. all from Panini to Bowman to mm-hmm. Tops, you know, it'd be nice. Now twenty twenty three is is here, so it's we're seeing the new release of a lot of, uh, newer sets. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. For sure. Uh, shall we uh, get the candles out? Celebrate a birthday. Let's do it. All right. It's a uh, happy heavenly birthday to Baseball Hall of Famer great Billy Hamilton, born on February sixteenth, eighteen sixty six. Uh, Billy is a career three forty four. Uh, average 2,154 hits, 40 home runs, 742 runs batted in, and 912 stolen bases. His career uh, started there in 1888 when he played for the Kansas City Cowboys. By uh, 1890, he was with the Philadelphia Phillies from 1890 to 1895, and then the Boston Bean Eaters from 1896 to 1901. Uh, career highlights, two-time NL batting champ, five-time NL stolen base leader, part of the Philadelphia Phillies Wall of Fame, and... Uh, uh, most runs scored in a single season of 198 uh, MLB record there. Uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1961 by way of the Veterans Committee. A little uh, trivia on him is he is one of only three players in MLB history to average more than a run per game uh, that he played. So he was able wow. to score a run and yeah, an uh, average of one run per game that he played. Uh, a couple other cool stats about him. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, he, his 455 career on base percentage ranks fourth all time behind Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, and John McGraw. And his 912 stolen bases ranks third behind Ricky Henderson and Lou Brock. Hit happy it. Birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to Billy Hamilton. That's pretty Billy. pretty incredible when you can yeah. produce a run a game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man. Just shows just, the, just how valuable you are as a player. Yeah, yeah and he hit over 400 in uh, 1894. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. he... Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. And he yeah. also went in on the Veterans Committee, you said. So that's yep. pretty cool. Yep, there in the 60s. So uh, yep. happy birthday to Billy Hamilton. And with that, it's uh, trivia time. You ready? Sphere in this. All right. So it's, <laughs> my, it's my turn this week to answer the question. Yep. Steve is, what, two for three? I'm 0 for three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, let's see if we can get you on the board here. We only have a few more of these left before we start talking fantasy again. So uh, okay. I'd like, to, like to see you get on the board. Hopefully you're able to get this one. Uh, question is, which team drafted but did not sign Ozzie Smith in 1976? Was it A, the New York Yankees, B, the Detroit Tigers, C, the San Diego Padres, or D, the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, he started with the Padres, so that's how uh-huh. um, everybody well, remembers those mutton chops. Those uh, oh, side yeah. chops. Yep. Um, I feel like this is softball. That's the Tigers, man. I'm sure. Huh? Are you sure? Well, give, send me this, give me the other teams again. <laughs> you got the Yankees, Tigers, Padres, and Cardinals. Uh, and this is the team that didn't sign him? That, yeah, they drafted him, but he chose not to sign. Okay, he chose not to sign with them. I hate when you said that. I hate it because you were like, you sure? And now I'm all like fucking paranoid. I'm going with my instincts, man. I'm going okay. with the Tigers. Well... Your instincts are correct. Oh my God! I'm Detroit the, Tigers, Ozzy Smith, opt, exactly. He opted to return to California Polytechnic State University for a senior season. He was a uh, 1976 draft. Also drafted by the Tigers that year was Alan Trammell. So they oh. went ahead, Trammell and Ozzy Smith. 
as their short and, and short that we might have there. never had Whitaker then. Exactly. Yep. But Ozzy chose to uh, go back to school. That's that's an interesting thing. So he basically yeah. Pat Mahomes does. Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he did. Oh, he totally did. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> that's interesting. So if he okay, let's get this. So let's dive in real quick. So if yeah. he was drafted by the Tigers and he yep. decided to sign, right? Which he probably made a better choice because when oh, he yeah. ended up going with San Diego and the whole thing. Um would I wonder who would have played second base? Would it have been Ozzie Smith or would it have been an Alan Trammell? I think Alan Trammell's a little yeah. taller, so mm-hmm. I would have played yeah. with Alan at short and Ozzy at second or third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, it's uh, that would have been that would have been a tough call. Um, man, yeah, you know the Tigers. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a heck of a draft there for the Tigers. That 76, uh, 76, the 76 draft, draft you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 76. So yeah, no, well we went, our first pick was Pat Underwood. Oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. For, yeah good old Pat. Yep. But we did. Yeah. And then Floyd yeah, Bannister Pat, Pat was the fucking Astros pick for the number one pick, which yep. kind of had a journeyman career to him. Yep. Nobody, nobody crazy sticks out. I'm looking at Mike Sosha. Was in okay. that draft. Alan Trammell, okay. of course, we got in the second round. Yep, we got Dan Petrie and Jack Morris in the draft. Oh, okay. Well, yep. we started building our team, man. We yep. started building our team yep. in the, right there. Willie McGee was with the Sox. Yeah, that was Wade, another. Wade Boggs with uh, the Red Sox there in the seventh round. Yep. Jack Morris yep. and Petrie. That was good. Yep. That was good for Ricky, us. Ricky Henderson with the A's. He worked out. Wow, right. Ricky Henderson. He played so <laughs> long. I mean, he played three <laughs> decades, man. Yeah. He was, holy shit. Yeah, they picked him near the uh, in the fourth round there. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. That's pretty yep. cool. And then yeah, yep. Alan Tigers was... took Ozzy Smith in the seventh round. Seventh round, and yep. but you know that happens all the time in baseball with yep. prospects. They get drafted by other teams. Every time I go through my prospect list and when I'm building yep. my mock drafts and doing my scout scouting breakdown of some of these players, yep. a lot of them you have noticed have always been drafted or always drafted. Um, before prior, and they'll be drafted yep. crazy late rounds. You yep. talk to twentieth round, thirty something round. I mean, it's like <laughs> holy shit. And then the when they're eligible again in two three years, mm-hmm. right? Then they're then, then they it's make like their oh. way up right there. Yes, yeah. Then you're like, unless, oh, unless you're, okay. Unless you're Torkelson, didn't Torkelson not get drafted uh, out of high school, right, or something? Like, yeah. And then he became obviously the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the he been, one yeah. in recent yeah. memory who wasn't drafted and got the number one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, I'm on the board. Finally, you're on the board. You're only one away from me now. So there we yeah, go. man, get it, Mike. That's a fucking show. <laughs> that's a show. That's a heck of a show. That's a heck of a show. Next week, yep. we're gonna kind of go through like the batting li- ro- lineup where you do like remember we did pitcher one, catcher two, first uh, pitcher. Yes. So next week will be third baseman, and then the week after that will be shortstop. So okay. next week will be the best third baseman of the eighties and the best third baseman right now. And I will That's say be a tough one, man. Third baseman right now. We live in the golden era of third baseman. Yeah. I mean, you have some of the greatest basemen third baseman ever play the game is playing right now and it's a special time about, for third baseman think about yeah. third baseman for the 80s too you got george bratt right you know it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a, a wait it's gonna be a tough pick oh my yeah. god so many good work ones. cut out for us yeah i mean it, it was harder with the first and second baseman because they weren't as prevalent yep. Yep. you know the the, the, for the top two are usually of each are kind of okay yep definitely make those those teams but are definitely yeah. make the boards but yeah these ones are strong all the way out mm-hmm a good time absolutely man so thank you everybody for following us listening to us we very much appreciate it be a friend tell a friend and we are nearing our 100th episode so look out for that next week is number 99 man all right all right right. i'm gonna try to pull out some stops and surprise steve for the 100th hopefully oh boy (laughs) this is gonna be good we'll see if uh anything comes through but in the meantime we will catch you guys all next week deuces Mm -hmm.